Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Though there's one motor gone, we can still carry on. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not represent the views of the various organizations they work with. Anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord, coming in on a wing and a prayer. Welcome, folks, to episode number 146 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. We are broadcasting and recording this episode on Monday, July 27th, 2009. And once again, we are recording this episode on location from the center of the aviation universe. We're on the grounds of the 2009 edition of the world's greatest aviation celebration, Air Venture Oshkosh. And we're back at one of our favorite places. We are, once again, the guests of our friends at EAA Radio. And we're up on their second floor studio in the sky overlooking the flight line here at Air Venture. Um, This building, for those of you not familiar with the grounds, is the very closest building to the airshow flight line. So we're right where the action is. Uh, Let me set the scene for you a little bit here. Actually, there's not a lot of action here this afternoon. We had a really big thunderstorm came through the area about an hour or so ago. Uh, It was such a big thunderstorm that it actually caused them to uh, interrupt and then ultimately cancel the daily air show. Um, But it looks like, well, it's hard to tell. It might be kind of gradually starting to clear. It's clearing out to the west. It's clearing up a little bit right now. I hear it's getting really clear in Minnesota. Yeah. And that's and that'll be here eventually, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, the show. This is the first day of this year's air venture. There are a lot of people on site. Uh, uh, it's uh, seemed like a pretty good opening day. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, and uh, you know, there have been a lot of changes here on the uh, on the field this year. And we're going to talk about that as well. Changes. Let me say hi to my friends who are are here with me in the studio in the sky. Uh, first of all, Jeb Burnside is here. Hi, Jeb. How are you doing? I, how could I be bad? I'm I'm sitting uh, one of my favorite places in the world during one of my favorite events. It really is. The only thing that would be nicer is if we were be able to be out on their deck again. I, I agree. Uh, but, but this uh, is a, it's uh, kind of wet out there right now. Yeah, so, this is uh, as good as it gets. That's right. That's right. Also, here's Dave Higdon. Hi, Dave. How are you? So far, so far. Uh-huh. We are. Been here for a few days, watched the place fill up. Uh, the only thing missing this evening would be the uh, the uh, smell of the turbine oil and the roar, roar of the props from sitting outside. But we're looking down the uh, the uh, aircraft parking area to the south, to the north. It's airplanes all the way to the horizon and seen some good action today. So we're off and rolling. Well, That's right. We're looking at, a, at uh, I forget the uh, name of the yellow DC-3. Is it Dougie? Doogie? Dougie. 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 That's uh, right. On, on one side, we're looking at White Knight 2. On the other side, we're looking at any number of, of home-built and experimentals here. The, the Sky Crane. And then we can turn around, and there's a, a Grumman, I think it's a Widgeon, uh, behind us. I think it's a turbine conversion. And just scads and scads of airplanes going in the other direction. Yeah. So what could, what more could you ask? As usual, lots of great airplanes. Also how, here. How many zeros are behind scad? <laughs> That's that comes after uh, what uh, 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 giga, terra, and then scad, scada, scada. That's right. Also here in the uh, studio in the sky is Amy Lobota. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm fine. It's been a long and 
marvelous weekend. You you are a very very busy person when you come to Oshkosh, aren't you? You are. Uh, I have my moments of busyness. Yes, and, today was one of them. And and you've you're also uh, on your own EA Radio Star this year, right? No, actually, today is this is the first time my voice has graced the radio waves at EAA. However, I have been um, behind the scenes all morning long. Mm-hmm. Well, you look resplendent in that Voices in Head t-shirt, i got to tell you. Well, thank you very much. Very, very much. Yeah. So how are we doing? We've only been here, well, some of us have been here a few days, but the show's only been really kind of going for a couple of days. What do, what do people think about what they've seen so far? Uh, it's it's starting out great. I, I've had some time to wander through the hangars and, and uh, kind of the uh, the main exhibit area, for lack of a better term. It's crowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not as packed crowded as I've seen it. Um, two reasons for that. <clears throat> One, the weather's not cooperating. The weather elsewhere is not cooperating to prevent people from getting here. But I think also the way they've rearranged some of the grounds, and we'll talk some more about that in a moment, the way they've rearranged the grounds, I think, has helped some of the congestion. I believe that is true. You know, there were people who said, I so miss the hill where the old tower was today. And I said, you know, I'm not so sure I miss it because it really interrupted the flow of everything. And though I was disoriented on Saturday coming through the gate, it didn't take me that long. To right. figure it, out. it is perhaps the first thing that that longtime uh, attendees notice when they come into uh, the ground. We just heard an airplane. We're now now everybody's There's looking around. Where's the airplane? The yeah. bonanzas are leaving. Yeah, so they, they they've opened it up for those who yeah. want to leave well, the To kind of put into perspective how quickly it got crowded and how crowded it's become to be only opening day. Uh, earlier on opening day today, the North Forty campground was closed to further additions. Mm-hmm. The South Acres campground was closed to further addition. Was it really? I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, some of the show plane camping areas still have some spots, and they're expecting people to roll in there when the weather breaks. But uh, this is the earliest uh, I've ever seen the North 40 uh, oh. declared closed to further additions and the South Acres closed to right. further additions. That's, right. yeah. That's really quite a testament yeah. to the appeal of this place. And the strength of desire of the uh, fans of aviation to get here if they don't do anything else in 2009. This is something they wanted to do, and they're showing it by being here. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing a lot of uh, people notice when they arrive on the grounds is is the changes that they've made over right. the past year. Um, you mentioned some of them uh, with changing some of the traffic patterns. Right. Um, also moving some buildings and, as Amy alluded to, tearing down the old tower, which I just haven't quite got used to yet. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I keep our we work we do a lot of work with the AirVenture Today newspaper here during the week, and uh, and their offices, our offices, are right next to where the old tower was. And I every time I step out, I look over there and go, whoa, Wait, whoa, you know, it's not there anymore. You know, hold, well, and that used hold. to be the landmark when somebody wanted to find the AirVenture yeah. Today newspaper office. Because it was the first building north of the tower. Yeah, earlier. And today. then last year when we had two towers here, it was first building north of the old tower. That's right. Yeah. And now it's first building north of the invisible tower and that's right people are actually trying to give directions by saying we're right next to where the tower used to be visualize where the tower used to be. that's right there is a bay it's 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 interesting that um they've they've not only taken down the tower they took down the hill that the tower was on but they haven't put anything there yet it's uh, they've filled the parking lot where the where the faa parking lot used to be the tower parking lot used to be but the actual tower ground is still just a patch of grass and they I had to rename the tower cafe they had to rename the tower now it's cafe. the invisible tower cafe yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, some interesting changes you really do think it's changed the uh, the flow of things it, it has changed the flow yeah, absolutely um, 
there's not nearly as many vehicles, for example, in the in the center of the main display area. Uh, oh. that, and that's a good thing. Yeah, well, that's but a wait thing. a second, guys. You are totally missing the one key thing that's different this year. Tell me. Kohler has put in not just flush toilets, but push-button flush toilets Ooh, push all button. over the place. I have yet to encounter one of these. Uh, you need to go between buildings A and C, darling, okay. where you there mean, is a you mean massive to walk between Kohler. buildings That's A and C, is. not that go would be between better. buildings That's what that is. That okay. would be better. However you want to take that, Higgin, but whatever. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, but there are designer fixtures. Oh, really? In these portable flush trailer I, deluxe. I, I did lush, see that. Flush. Lush, flush trailer. Flush not quite as lush, flush, flush, flush. Not quite flush. as nice as a Japanese restaurant in Appleton that you guys like to take me to that has the bidet and the warm seat. Oh, they, yeah, clearly they don't have that in the men's they really? room. You're, you're making that there's, up. No, I am not. <laughs> and I dare you to go into the women's room to prove me why. You right, dare but me? they have a fancy <laughs> Japanese toilet. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Phone Bad ahead, move. warn them, because here we come. Bad move, Lobota. Bad, Bad move. move. Bad move. <laughs> so, uh,. I had another question in my head, and I've lost it now. They moved a bunch of buildings. You um, lost it ages ago. You know, we joke about the toilets, but I I give EA a lot of credit for making a big investment over the last year uh, in the first phase of what I guess is a 10-year plan to uh, make additional improvements to the grounds. Um, and I and, and although apparently we're not all that excited about it, I've talked to a lot of attendees who are very, very pleased with a lot of the facilities, such as the toilets and, and that kind of thing. And, By uh, contrast, um, I was outside one of the hangars earlier, and a woman, I overheard a woman talking to her male friend. I, I don't know where, where that is. I can't, I don't, I don't see. And I, I said, excuse me, may I help you? You know, what are you looking for? So I'm looking for a toilet. Well, I, I looked around. I could see two different uh, stacks of them from where I stood, stood and I pointed them out to her. And she's, oh, okay, now I see them. Okay, fine. So, I, yeah, uh, kind of depends. Yeah. Well, they, they, they dedicated a new main gate yesterday, uh, which got some, it's, got, it's adorned with some engine structures that are really quite striking, big round engines with big multi-blade props. And I really don't think they're going to be able to get that thing off the ground. Uh, well, <laughs> I want to know when they're going to run those engines. I've, 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 have you heard anything about when they're going to run those engines? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, third Thursday of next week. I see. Okay. Uh, third Thursday. They uh, rededicated the Brown Arch here, which is the gateway from the flight line, and that yeah. you know, people that have been coming here for decades would recognize. Sentimental We've got new like diagonal roads. We've got yeah. some new diagonal roads roads through right. the commercial area that are uh, no vehicle pathways. Right. Yep. Pedestrian and then they've rearranged the center section. Uh, you need a special vehicle pass to take anything in there, which is responsible for the great reduction in vehicular traffic. It's made a great uh, great difference in traffic flow. It's made it easier to get from point A to point B. They've got these big 50-foot pylons to mark the headquarters of home-builds, vintage, uh, That's really nice because I can tell you I've been looking for some of my targets, <laughs> and I like tall things that stick up really high. That I can yeah, we've see. seen your husband; we know why you like tall things. It's, but I found myself trying to figure out how, how to describe it because you know, they have a very distinctive kind of sculpture kind of shape at the very top, and I've I've wanted to give people directions by saying go to that thing, but I can't quite figure out how to describe it. You know, I call it, but it doesn't necessarily look like a pylon from a distance. It's it's, it's a, a very big. It, it, it's, it's a sort it, of flag. It's a I was sort of flag. Say, it, okay, it, all right. 
a flag. I like yeah, that. I found it evocative of a race course pylon, an air race pylon. All right. That's good, too. Yeah, that makes that's sense. good, too. That and, and, and they do have red beacons on them. So Yeah. Now, you know, we're, we're streaming live on the, the audio is streaming live on the Internet. We're on uh, uh, AM and FM radio here. Um, and I'm going to mention something that I'm really reluctant to mention, but I guess I ought to. And that is there is a live streaming video cam here, a webcam here oh. in the studio. Hi, Ma. And if anybody's listening out on the Internet and, and is just really feeling, you know, kind of self-abusive, all right, and <laughs> want to check out what's going on here. Because uh, it's been raining yeah. and we're all walking around in poncho. I'm told that the uh, URL that you want to go to on the internet in your browser is uh, eaaradio.net slash tv is uh, is where you'll find this webcam and you'll see us all sitting and uh, and we're all going to wave and everybody wave hey wave hey, hey wave. wave there we go hey oh i thought you wanted the wave <laughs> yeah let's do that uh what have we seen at the show so far? It's only first day. Not much has happened, but uh, uh, a couple notable things happened uh, today. We had uh, uh, Bert Rutan, Virgin Galactica's uh, White Knight 2 uh, arrived and landed. What an airplane. My goodness. It's, 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 it's a it's, really interesting airplane. It's just, just down the way from us, maybe 300 yards. It is absolutely erotic. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not touching that one. You, you were so lucky. Silent. You were so You've lucky. Convinced? This is a PG program. I'm not touching yeah, that. Yeah, well, you, you, you made us speechless. Um, <laughs> it, it is a sleek, um, modern, um, inventive looking airplane. Yeah. No question about it. I like it. I'm not, I'm not using those words uh, not to uh, damn with faint praise, but I, I mean, I like the design. And, you, um, and there'll be pictures on the Air Venture Today website right. if they're not already there. And you can decide for yourself. Right. But it's a twin fuselage with a short wing joining the fuselages and then four engines, uh -huh. two on each side outside of the, the fuselage. Pod-mounted engines, yeah, slung uh, below the wing. Yeah. And then there's cockpit in each of those fuselage sections. Yeah, it's remarkably which, wide. That's the first thing and, that struck me. And it has a, a, a sharp... Um, Negative angle of attack sitting on the ground. It reminds as it me is of now. a. It reminds me of a beach duke. The way it sits yeah. like that. Yeah, Maybe yeah. A that's a bit. good. That's a good analogy. I think this is even steeper. Or it looks oh, yeah. even steeper. Yeah. And it's very clear to see where the the actual spaceship. Where, where, where spaceship two will hang spaceship on two, on, right. on its way to launch altitude, uh, and it, it was so quiet when it came through. Yes. It was so quiet you couldn't hear the squirrels running. Uh, <laughs> well, let, let me tell you how how my forum between two thirty and three o'clock went down. It was quiet, but it wasn't that quiet. Yeah. And the moment that you heard it, I went, "It's okay." Yeah. I told you it was okay, and everybody in my forum got up and yeah. walked out, and that was fine. Unlike well, the regular, to see it. Unlike the, the, the sky crane, Elvis came in. Now it made some racket. Yeah. Yes, yeah. let's come back to that. Unlike the regular edition of our podcast, we have to take breaks here because we're on the radio. So we get breaks uh, this time. Yeah, so we're going to take a little break here. Uh, you are listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. This is EAA Radio AM twelve ten Oshkosh on the web at airventure.org. Welcome back. And uh, in the old days, we used to get long breaks. We had like a chance to go out and get coffee, smoke a cigarette, or something like that. And uh, <laughs> they're much more modest breaks. Run out and do a I test flight. Means we get more time to talk. And uh, that could be a win, that could be a lose. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Time will tell. Uh, Elvis, the uh, 
Not Elvis, the, the not, sky crane. Apparently not. They don't call it the sky crane, I'm told. It's the air crane. The air crane. And, wow. uh, um, but, of course, the first thing it did when we saw it uh, today was to drop a whole bunch of water on right. the ground. Uh, right. So that's not a very crane-like thing. But. Well, uh, it is for this, for this aircraft. Um, it's used in a variety of heavy lift operations. And one of the, one of the ideal uh, heavy lift missions for that aircraft is to lift a bunch of water Take it to a fire and dump it on the fire. And it it, it did a drop down, yeah, going down the runway. That uh, I'm I'm going to conservatively estimate it about a half a mile long right. run, dropping water, and then it's got a huge suction hose that drops down to, to refill. That's cool. And uh, saw a demonstration of it once, and, and the first thing I thought of was that's the biggest bloody hookah and pipe it's I've ever seen. Right in front of. The Virgin Atlantic. Uh, uh, now we're getting back into that erotic territory. Yeah, really, aren't we? <laughs> galactic, darling. Excuse galactic. Me. Excuse me. Virgin Galactic. <laughs> Space uh, White Night Two. That's what it was. And we're uh, we're seeing the crowd start to filter back into Arrow yeah. Shell Square because uh, some of the old generation rock and roll music's due to start here a little bit later. The Doobie Brothers. Uh, I don't know where they got that name. I don't, but, I, I don't either. It's interesting, though. I've, uh, this is the second time I've seen uh, the Sky Crane this week. It was on the ramp up at Appleton earlier over the weekend. Right. And uh, finally, I guess it came in today, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it, some, they had this interesting dance of arrivals this afternoon they, and departures. We were all standing out there waiting for White Knight 2 to come in. And, uh, and so we're waiting, waiting, waiting. And then what, I mean, a number of different things happened. There was a Thunderbirds jet that, that taxied out and did a high-performance takeoff and departure and then the, uh, and then and then we saw White Knight two doing flyovers uh, high high over the uh, field, and then what happened? We uh, uh, and then the sky crane suddenly appeared out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and it kind of swoops in and drops some water on the ground, and then sets down on the uh, center taxiway, uh, and then eventually we've got the uh, White Knight uh, landing. And, uh, and that was the lightest, most delicate landing I've seen all day. The White Knight? No, the sky crane. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it's. It's a cool helicopter. I mean, yeah. uh, Jeb, you don't particularly like helicopters, but... I, I don't l- dislike them. I, I just prefer fixed wing. He used to sign his emails with a kicker that says, Helicopter, noun, a rotating mass of metal fatigue surrounded by an oil leak. But I think his <laughs> rotor wing pilots finally drilled that out of him. Yeah. Well, now, who of you were around to see the uh, Carter... Um the PAV? Yeah, the PAV unveiling last night. Speaking of things that, that should solve those problems. Not me. Were you there? I, I, well, I yeah. missed it. Well, tell us about it. it. You missed it? I missed it. You missed it? Yeah, we were, we were otherwise uh, occupied. I can only. Four person. No, it was before that. It, it, it's a four person um, personal aviation vehicle. I already have one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So do I. But yours doesn't do vertical jump takeoffs. No, it'll landings. do a vertical landing, but only once. Only once. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, the, I, I got to tell you, of all the things I saw in it, what was the most interesting was the blade technology. And both really? the blade technology on the top, on the rotor, mm-hmm. uh, with 75 pounds of tungsten in the tips Mm, so there's a lot of inertia. There's a lot of inertia, and they use it, and they use it seriously for the jump takeoffs. I will check that out. And also for the go-arounds. You can jump go-around, he said. And the other 
part of it that was interesting was the propellers pushing yeah. uh, the gyroplane. But the auto gyro that they had displayed is really just a typical Carter technology. It's just kind of a prototype, and it's a step on the way to adding a 45-foot wing. 45-foot? Yeah. I and thought they were going to be stub wings. No, 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 no. The, uh, the gyroplane that they want to do, they'll slow down the rotor then at cruise and allow it to go much faster. Yes, and well, Mr. Mot- motive power will come from the pusher prop. Yes. Mr. Carter has been, been tackling this and trying to come up with a workable concept for a long time. He has. And he, but apparently they have something going on with some UAVs for the military. Yeah, they've done a lot of non-civilian um, um, aerospace work, development, whatever, in addition to the Carter Copter, which... Uh, I think it was here, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, six or eight, nine, ten years ago. Uh, and so they've been around. Yes. Um, yeah, they've had vehicles fly here. Right this is it. very different. Yeah. yeah. I, I will check that out. This right. is very yeah. different. And, and, and I don't know where it goes, but I can tell you it was interesting. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's interesting about this uh, this year's edition of AirVenture is that I mentioned a minute ago that we have the uh, studio cam that's streaming here. Um, there are, I believe, two webcams uh, here on the uh, EAA radio building that are looking out onto the field. I'm told three webcams looking out onto the field. Uh, there are a number of individuals who are uh, just kind of on, on a social friendly basis uh, streaming uh, video editions uh, of things that are happening here. There's a lot of Twitter going on around the field. Um, this is, this is, and how many passengers does a Twitter carry exactly? And part, people give me a hard time because I just ignore you now. And it's like, <laughs> um, didn't work for my no, mother. Why do, you, why do you ignore Dave? <laughs> um, because it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and from watching the nets, from watching the internet, from watching the, the, the Twitter and, and other things, um, there are obviously a lot of people out in the world who are enjoying uh, AirVenture Oshkosh 2009 uh, from a distance. Um, people who are either arriving later in the week or aren't able to attend at all. It's kind of cool that uh, there are so many people out there that are able to, to take part. Yeah, this is one of, I, I'm, it's been a progression. Yeah, each year has gotten more and more interconnected and more and more um, tech savvy. Mm-hmm. But this is clearly a high watermark. Yeah, yeah, they've made a you know, and and uh, it's still sort of in the experimental stage. Um, but I guess everything in technology is in the experimental stage. Uh, I know that uh, this is another area where EAA has made a made a very impressive commitment to mm-hmm. uh, to try some things out, and uh, it's pretty interesting. So. Uh, if you're uh, if you're on Twitter, search for uh, and if you know Twitter, there's something called hashtags, right. which you can do. Go into Twitter search and you search for um, OSH09, and uh, you will find a lot of traffic uh, uh, conversation, if you will, uh, about this uh, this event. Uh, for what it's worth, there's also uh, people tagging uh, Twitter entries with uh, UCAP, UCAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally uh, a Twitter entry that has to do with our podcast. So, so Twitter's a cap? Is that what this is? Yeah. So Dave's the curmudgeon here. Does, he, does his microphone have a switch? Uh, it does, but it's in the other room. Oh, okay. We're going to have to talk to, to Fari during the uh, next break. Uh, interesting. Well, so you've become a Twitter guy. I, I, I have. You kind of jumped into it with both feet. I, well, uh, it's... it's um, I thought it was thumbs. Yeah, in, in my situation, it's definitely thumbs. Um <laughs> The not to get off topic, but uh, of course the aftermath of the recent Iranian uh, contested election, 
uh, and how Twitter played an integral part in, in getting out of Iran news of what was going on um, intrigued me. Mm-hmm. And I checked out Twitter. I I'd previously just, I don't know, ignored it mainly uh, as, a, as a medium, as a uh, communications tool. And um, kind of scratched my head a little bit, peeled the onion a little bit. And it's, it's uh, a marvelous little, uh, um, I, 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 how should I put this? I'm, I'm uniquely suited to snide short remarks. And, and Twitter's, <laughs> tw- Twitter suits me uh, uh, very well. So. We have finally found the perfect communications mechanism <laughs> needs for JEB. 2,000 words when you can say it in 142 characters. Yeah, yeah. So, Amy, tell us a little bit about some of the things. You can't stay with us the entire hour and 90 minutes. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about some of the uh, things that are on your radar here this year. On my radar this year, I am looking for... Actually, I'm doing a bunch of stuff with Women Venture mm-hmm. and Women Soar. And I am looking for inspiring stories that would help to increase diversity. Mm-hmm. I'm all about diversity. I like things that are different. I like to look across a room and see a bunch of different colors. I like to 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 see variety. I believe in a lot of a different opinions. I believe in people coming from a lot of different angles at a problem can solve it faster. And I believe that aviation needs that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's why I'm involved for now almost 21 years with Women in Aviation International. Right. Am I correct that you folks are going to try and take another picture? Uh, we are on yeah. Friday. Uh-huh. Tell we us have about that. New t-shirts that are that you can get for free if you go over to the EAA Welcome Center mm-hmm. and sign the giant Women Venture logbook. And the picture will be of And the picture will be of all the women who are inspired to fly on some level or another. Mm-hmm. Who are here at the show and who are willing to show up at Aeroshell Square at 10:30 on Friday morning. But it gets better. There okay. is more. This year, we were able to put together an all-women air show in the afternoon. Really? All the performers oh, are women, cool. Very including cool. the skydivers. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, my friends with the Liberty Parachute Team were kind of like. Yeah. Well, nah, nah, they're nah, nah, just nah, gonna nah, have nah, to nah. give it up for one day, baby, for the misty view- blues. <laughs> uh, and then in the evening. We've got a really nice panel session at Theater in the Woods for people who want to know more about a bunch of different women who have been absolute um, trendsetters in aviation in their own special ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Martha King is going to be one of the people who's going to um, moderate, for lack of a better term. These women don't need to be moderated. It's like telling somebody that Jack is our moderator. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I, I'm not sure if I understand that. But okay. Controller, whatever you want to say. But, but in any case, yeah, Martha's going to head things up and ask a couple of questions and then let them go for an hour before um, the U.S. Airways um, pilots from the ditching in the Hudson River will go on. So hopefully that will inspire a few people to come a little early to get a good seat and listen to us, too. Uh-huh. Dave, she's been that, assimilated. That out, she, she, she's been assimilated now, hasn't she? Yeah. Yes, yes, she is. We had another airplane uh, departing. It, was, it looks like a, what, an RV, Actually, I think? Uh, there's a V-tail Bonanza went out in front of him. I think that is an RV. Yeah. There's been a, yeah, a, it's an a, RV. 
Oh, yeah, there's some lightning off taking to the off south straight and, into a lightning bolt. And these down guys there are the taking south. off in that direction. I'm, I'm sure they're taking either a left or a right turn because oh, it's yeah. better weather in either direction. But yeah, uh, they're not going that way. One, yeah. of them's, one of them's trailing a ground wire. Shouldn't have anything to worry about. So. <laughs> Hey, Speaking of electricity, can't yeah. really blame them for trying to sneak out. Yeah, and well, there are directions that you can't see on any of the right. cams right now, but there are, there are ways out of here without uh, you know having to pay the power and light people. North is a good place to go, but south doesn't hold much future. I agree, but the thing that you need to remember now, you know it because you've flown in here many times. You know it is eight o'clock tonight. <gasps> Field closes. The field closes. Mm -hmm. So all these people have got to figure out how to get out of here if that's what their plans were. Yeah. I'll have to extend another night. Oh, my goodness. They'll have to stay another night at, at AirVenture. Oh, now, have you tried that on the first Monday of AirVenture to go back to <laughs> the hotel you checked out of this morning that somebody else has already checked into your room? A lot of spaces up in Camp Shore. Actually, they don't have a lot of spaces no, up in Camp Shore. No, they don't. Schuller. Camp Shore is really happening right now. It's full. I yeah, mean, Camp Shore has been full for days. Is it, is, it, is it literally full? Are they? I think they're working on, you know, uh, hewing out some more space out of the wilderness, but... Uh, I can tell you I got very lost in Camp Scholler last really? night in, in a vehicle looking for the RV-10 builders well, who have a huge a group. There's 20 or 25 of them camped out out there. No, I was not on a run. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's time for another break. Uh, I want to say, though, before we take this break, that uh, for those of you listening live on EA Radio or on the Internet stream, we'd love to have you listen to this podcast every week. Uh, you can check out our website at uncontrolledairspace.com or search for us in the iTunes store. And remember that you don't need an iPod to listen to podcasts. You can listen to them on any MP3 player or on your desktop or laptop computer. We'll be back in a minute. This is Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. back. The Internet's top aviation podcast stars are together again this year at EAA AirVenture. Potapalooza is a forum Friday after the air show in Pavilion 4. You can hear Potapalooza live here on EAA Radio, or you can come out to meet your favorite aviation podcasters in person and join in on a little virtual hangar flying with some of these voices you may already know. This is Mart from Air Pigs. Welcome to another episode of the Pilot's Flight Pod Log. The 25 Zulu Show. Uncontrolled airspace, the general aviation podcast. Hello, aviators, and welcome back to the Finer Points. It's time for Airspeed. I'm Stephen Force. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Student Pilot Cast. I'm Bill Williams, and I'm learning to fly in front of the world. That's a few of the voices in your head from aviation podcasters. We're back. There we are. Yes, they are. Friday at Potapalooza. Participation to subject to change. You know, it all depends on the winds. Or something like that. Cool. Potapalooza, Friday after the air show in Pavilion 4. And live here on EAA Radio. EAA Radio, heard around the pattern and around the world. We're back. Amy, um, I have always known that you are a courageous person, but I discovered the other day that you are even more courageous than I ever imagined. You are teaching your daughter how to fly. I said I wouldn't do it. But? I, I wrote that I didn't think it was a good idea. Yeah. And how's it going? <laughs> Actually, we're having a lot of fun. You are. So yeah. you're going to yeah. write a retraction of this? I have to be very careful because Leah may listen to this. 
Just so you know. Okay. Okay. Well, we certainly hope so. I mean, <laughs> was, well, I, yeah. she's, she's got to have some fantastic. better influences in her aviation life than what she gets at home. Exactly. She's, do, she's doing fantastic. I think she's very, very close to soloing. Mm-hmm. And something you never ever say to a student, by the way. No, I mean, I hear you were ready. You were almost ready to solo her the last or recently, and then something kept you from doing that. Yes, that would be because we we have switched our times from the morning to the evening. We're we're, we're working with a seventeen year old schedule, and sometimes they're not so nice in the morning. Right. Is that a good way? To <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's. They're not they're not focused. How's that? There's a reason why we don't do the podcast nice. in the morning if we can nice. keep from it. But. <laughs> okay. So what are, air shows. Well, are you you're using the Kit Fox? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we we put new landing gear on the Kit Fox special. Tricycle. Now that's something no I wouldn't have said. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't you tell me? Not gonna do that to the Kit Fox. We put um the Grove aluminum ah. one piece spring gear. Okay. And new tires. And I did tell you, yes, as Barry was pulling the airplane back into the hangar, shortly before he did that, he was getting ready to put it up on blocks anyway, he just hit the lip with the tail wheel, and that spring failed (laughs) completely. Fortunately, with his hand holding the tail, so it never hit the ground, but he... That was 16 years old, too. Right. And so he was like, oh, okay, so I guess we're doing all three. How but many, no. How many, 16 year, how many 17-year-olds can say they're learning to fly in an airplane that's as old as they are exactly. that their parents built? Exactly yeah. as old as they are. That kit came, she was eight weeks old. Oh, okay. The box came. Uh-huh. So I can tell you that. She literally grew up with that airplane, and she can absolutely fly it now. Absolutely. Very we cool. have uh, put some time into getting her a sport pilot student certificate. Uh-huh. There's a little bit of a story to that, but we did finally get that. Well, you have to tell us now. It wasn't that easy to do because it turns out in South Florida, all of the FAA aviation safety inspectors do not feel empowered to issue a sport pilot student certificate despite what the sport pilot rules specifically say about oh, oh, a student okay a student certificate because yeah. you have to show a driver's license and you have to have somebody empowered by the FAA to issue that certificate mm-hmm. to verify that you are you that you do hold a driver's certificate a driver's license so you can't do that with a medical examiner because there's no medical required there's no medical required he's going to charge you the same thing he would charge any patient who comes in you can do it, and AME okay. is listed as one of the people who can do it, or an aviation safety inspector from the FAA. They did it for years here, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They had a special place you came. I and think they're doing it here again this year. I'm sure they're doing it here again this year, okay? Or a DPE, designated pilot examiner. But the ones in our neck of the woods would prefer to charge for that time, and it's all got to go through IACRA, which is... Right the new digital right. system that the FAA has. Well, it's not, it's, it's a little onerous. It's gotten much better it, recently. I, I, I had much my better. first encounter with it last weekend, yeah. and, and I was not impressed. Well, trust me, it was worse. I understand. Okay, at least now I can use my Firefox. But one of the things that I finally did is I found a DPE who said, okay, well, I'm going to charge you for my time, but... You know, something reasonable. Some of these guys are charging the same that they charge for, like, a check ride. Right. 
to do this. And it's That's just nuts. That's wrong. You That's know, just nuts. This person was not one of those people. In fact, I did all the IACRA ahead of time except for the part that he had to do. Mm-hmm. And he was running a little late. And we waited, and by the time we got in here, in there, and he saw all that was left for him to do, he he actually wouldn't take my money. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Now this is just to bring get a her back for the pilot check, right? student certificate. Student certificate, uh-huh. which you should not have a problem getting any aviation and safety inspector anywhere. Yeah, let's take a big saw and, and just anybody who that has an FAA ID should be able to go into IACRA." And yep. sometimes I wonder whether the problem is not that they just don't want to go into IACRA. Uh, that could well be. Well Some of the old timers, yeah. that could well be. And she be, needs yeah. this in order to solo? Is that yes. what it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody's uh-huh. got to have a student pilot certificate. Well, and it. Now, and, a, and a third class medical won't suffice as a student pilot certificate sure it will. when, when yeah. one is going for an LSA ticket. Not she, true. I'm no, not true. She can get a student yeah. pilot. Okay. She can get Absolutely. a regular private student pilot, pilot student certificate. Student pilot certificate. The real issue is she's 17. Right. The Kit Fox is all she's going to fly for a while. Why does she need a medical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does she need it? Yeah. Well, a, why do I have to put a 17-year-old through that? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to spend the money for it? Right. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, it, it, I already it's, been, it's been... Let me tell you, I already spent the money to change the insurance over to having a student pilot flying the kit fox and that's bad enough well, <laughs> now are you planning to take her all the way to private pilot or are you going to stop at she sport? can go anywhere she pleases she keeps looking over at the rv10 going you think dad'll let me <laughs> no i mean are, are you planning to take her are you Is planning immediate... to teach her to the private that's her choice okay that's her choice i've, I've encountered some let's say Dave, more veteran we're having pilots. a good time who are wholly resistant to this sport pilot thing. Why? Well, because if you're not going to do it the way they did it 60 years ago, you don't deserve to be d- able to fly. It's a building block program. Well, not, I'm teaching her not, all not the only, same not thing. Only, I'm, I'm not, and, and I'm not they, saying they're the best representatives of our community. I'm just saying that there's some of those... I like to argue with you, Dave. ...willies out there <laughs> who just don't get it. I agree. Yeah, And, and we've had conversations like that before talking about... Uh, how FBOs can be some of the more inhospitable places on Earth. Oh, yeah. Well, look, I am not soloing this particular pilot any sooner than I would have soloed this particular pilot for a private certificate. Mm-hmm. I have not changed yeah. any of my techniques. Nor- there is nothing that she has not done. Are you going to be easier on her or harder on her? Hello. Her father built the airplane, and I promised not to let her break it. Answer the question for yourself. I just wanted you on the record. Yeah. All I have to say is the people watching on Saturday mornings who can see runway 1533 at Punta Gorda have been deeply entertained in the month of June. <laughs> bring, bring her up to Hidden River. Somebody actually said, is that you, Amy, once? <laughs> <laughs> and are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I did not come back with not at the controls because that just seemed well, mean. You know, the, the, <laughs> that would have been mean. The risk factor in aviation went up a slight notch last week because well this guy is now a threat in the air on the land and on the water this guy oh yeah that's right that's right yeah mazel tov thank you thank you (laughs) what are we talking about jeb 
You, you, uh, so you, you hinted at this we, on the we, podcast. Start calling him yeah, the, the last episode uh, we recorded, I uh, intimated that uh, I was headed to, to Oshkosh early, uh, dropping a passenger and then going to an undisclosed location. Um, and I did so because uh, I was headed off to uh, attempt uh, to get my seaplane rating. And as anyone who's tried to do this kind of thing on a, on a schedule knows, airplanes break weather caves and uh, uh, brain freezes do occur mm-hmm. and I didn't want to talk it up and then not be able to to follow through uh, but thank thankfully uh, the weather cooperated uh, Piper and Lycoming products um, survived the onslaught of, of uh, mismanagement by on my part and I did manage to get my uh, any, uh, single engine seaplane rating any week, landing so. you can swim away from. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, I, the, one of the older uh, uh, jokes in aviation uh, talks about seaplane ratings. I, I'm not going to repeat that one, but I, I will say that it, it is a whole lot of fun. It is a, um, a completely new skill, um, not just the flying, but um, um, the the um, learning the the techniques, learning the characteristics of the water you're landing on, learning how to read the water. And how important that is, because uh, you don't have a piece of pavement there. No, you, you have something that's not only fluid, but it's ever changing. Yes, and and uh, that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of yes. challenge, but it's uh, when you when you nail it a couple of times, you, you just great big smiles on your face. And the and the whole new set of judgment mm-hmm. skills. Yeah. yeah, can I get into that? Yeah, and can I get out of that? Well, exactly right. Exactly right. We I was flying a Super Cub on straight floats, and uh, I have, you know, a lot of experience, shall we say, on paved and, and not so paved runways. And I generally, you know, can estimate distance, distance I'm going to use, distance I just did use. On the water, you don't have distance markers. Sorry. <laughs> you don't. And but, it's, but they it's, do have fish that hold up rating yeah, signs yeah. for the landings. Yeah. I, I got a 9.5 at one time, yeah, from, from, from three, three um, uh, catfish. Uh, but they were loaded to the gills. So. <laughs> so it didn't really count. That's right. Um, but um, the, the one thing that you need, uh, someone's eventually going to ask me this, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The one thing that you have to be able to do and do well to get your seaplane rating is to um, read the water and from that determine the wind speed and velocity. That is critical. Obviously, you always want to land into the wind, uh, whether it's a land plane or a seaplane. But a seaplane especially so because um, the, the uh, balance, the, the center of buoyancy, if you will, of the floats um, when the airplane is on the water is so well forward of the airplane's uh, mass and the airplane will weather vane in an instant into the wind. And if you're not aware of that and if you're not already pointed into the wind, it could be a bad day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got another break coming up here. Amy, I know you have to leave, um, and uh, we're really thrilled you had a minute to come by. Uh, is there anything else you want to get on our radar before you take off? Yeah, I want Jeb to go look at, go meet John Shaw at the AirCam booth okay. where the AirCam on Amphib Floats okay. lives. All right, I will do that. Flo-net, it's time for you to do that. I have too. Well, I, I <laughs> am going to be spending some quality time this week checking out Amphibs. Uh, of all shapes, sizes, and flavors, I, I was drooling at some of the, uh, uh, I forget the, the manufacturer, but one of the Cub Clone uh, uh, manufacturers uh, uh, has a couple of models here on floats. And I'm just kind of thinking, yeah, you know, 
They don't a, make them for debonairs. A slightly used debonair, and how much cash is it going to take? <laughs> Go look at the air cam. Go look at the air. I will. That's all I have to say. I okay. will. I will. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to have you have on the back in the virtual hangar uh, sometime pretty soon, so you can spend the whole hour with us. And uh, I'd be delighted to do so. And, and bring your daughter up to Hidden River. Seriously, I will. That would be a good. That I will. Uh, Long, long cross country, right there. Yeah, there's your. Yeah. Is that far enough? She Must might be. go around might twice, not, but she'll eventually enough, get yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, no, it is 25 miles. That's, That's all right. they need. It's, it's okay. far enough. Thanks, Amy. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. We're back, and uh, joining us now in the uh, studio in the sky is a is a. A, a longtime listener and forum contributor uh, on the Uncontrolled Airspace <coughs> Forum, and uh, uh, a friend that I actually long-time met, listener, first-time caller. Is that <laughs> yeah, right, something like that. Uh, Jonathan Hardwick is here. Hi, Jonathan. Jonathan's known as Navion Pilot in the uh, forums. How you doing? Hi. Right. Good. I'm. I'm at Oshkosh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> how, can you, how can you be bad? That's right. That's right. So you're very involved in the uh, Warbirds community, uh, which we were talking about this a little bit earlier. The Warbirds community is a fascinating community, and all of us love to kind of, you know, but, but we kind of look at it from afar sometimes. And uh, uh, you're, you're pretty, pretty involved in that. Tell us a little bit about the, the Warbirds community here at, at AirVenture. Uh, you're, you're right. Uh, I was one of the ones looking at it from afar. And... Um, I joined a squadron. The Warbirds of America has various squadrons, like the Vintage has various hangars, and the EAA has various chapters. Uh, we have a squadron since then, Squadron 18. And I joined that squadron and um, was just able to get into the community somewhat mm-hmm. and learn about Warbirds. I'd always loved Warbirds. I grew up going to Sun and Fun as a kid, and um, the prop blast of a T6 always makes you feel good inside. So... I knew it was something I wanted to be part of, yeah. and um, we, we had looked around for airplanes that would be a good entry-level warbird, and that's, that's how we came upon the Navy. On. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Jonathan uh, invited me to go for a quick ride this morning. It's funny, you know, we, we were talking about this afterwards, and I've, I've, discuss, I've noticed this many, many times over the years, and that is that, that you always have to look at the Hobbs meter at the end of a trip, to, at end of a flight, to know how long the flight was. You know, it's like, was this, a, did we, were we going for three hours or ten minutes? I'm not sure which. It's a really kind of a variation on Dave's, you know, uh, we, That's why we gave you that clock for Christmas. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we, we, we went on a wonderful little flight. We went out and uh, terrorized a little airport uh, over to the east, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and I got to fly the airplane a little bit, and that was a lot of fun, and, cool. uh, uh, and we uh, did a couple of approaches and and uh, and go arounds out of this airport and and then uh, we were talking on uh, on the uh, CTAF with uh, with a, a guy in it. so we went out to uh, I'm sorry what's it called uh, um, Hol- uh, New Holstein New Holstein, New yeah. Holstein all right uh, apparently New Holstein is the location where a bunch of uh, super cub uh, uh, super cubs were uh, marshalling to arrive here uh, as a group. Uh. And so they were all parked by the side of the uh, runway out there on the grass, and uh, uh, I, and so we checked in on CTAF and 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 uh, spoke to someone on the ground about what was going on, and uh, and it turns out there was one guy who was kind of like just kind of like we were, just enjoying the morning. He was flying. out flying cover, top cover. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so you know we asked his kids at if we kind of kind of come up and get in loose formation with you and take some pictures. We did that, and uh, it was just we had a lot of fun, and uh, and then I got to, we we flew in on the uh, Warbird arrival, which I've never done, obviously. Oh, and, came uh, in by Warbird Island. Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, I'm telling you, these Warbird guys have a great way to get in here. Yeah, they, they really, <laughs> yeah. They'll tell. Yeah, top secret, but yeah, I've done that before, too. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, so uh, so we had a fun ride. That was, that was a lot of fun. And uh, tell us a little bit about your aviation background. What have you... Uh, you know, I grew up in a little town outside Lakeland, Florida, called Bartow, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> grew up just peering through fences and wanting to be part of airplanes. And and anytime Sun and Fun or Oshkosh or one of these big flyings is around you, uh, you're gonna be exposed to airplanes, and that was the thing. So I grew up and uh, was able to learn how to fly in college um, at this little airport in Georgia. Uh, town's name is Metter. Everything is better. Where the living is better. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my instructor, uh, his name's Roy Reiser. He was a uh, PBY naval aviator in World War II. Uh-huh. And, uh, and um, he taught me everything. I went all the way through CFII with him and um, was able to continue with MEI and um, got a job outside of college flying seaplanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you uh, you were a seaplane instructor. You, you you actually taught people to fly in I did it, Super uh, Cubs and straight just exactly what Jeb was flying. Right. And last year here at Oshkosh, uh, Jonathan um, personally offered to get me through the seaplane rating down at the uh, Jack Brown Seaplane Base in uh, Winter Haven, and um, I, I almost took him up on it. And he reminded me of it this the, last night actually, and I was so red faced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I apologize again. I, I should have taken you up on it. Um, but I, I had kind of have an ulterior motive. Uh, That's okay. I, uh, I understand. Uh, rain check. Uh-huh. Sounds rain good. Check. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So one of the things that interests me about your activities here at AirVenture is that you are involved in the uh, warbird formation flights that mm-hmm. happen uh, mm-hmm. uh, at during each air show. And uh, you, you're, you can't just sign up and participate in that. There's right. uh, quite a, a, a training and qualification process there. Tell us a little bit about that, how that works, and wh- what does a pilot have to accomplish in order to be allowed to do that? Well, the um, a few years, well, I'd say 15 years, 20 years ago, there was a quite a few of these warbirds coming on the market, and people were getting out of the military, for, former pilots, and saying, hey, let's fly formation. Well, Anytime there's something on the open market, civilians are going to buy that as well and say, well, that looks neat. Let me try that. And <clears throat> although some of the pilots were probably very good and, and current, it was uh, getting out of hand. And the FAA said, we need to come together and bring about this uh, governance. And uh, the FAST standards were created. And um, there's, a, there's basically like any other rating, there's a, there's a um, curriculum that you follow to learn how to fly formation. It is pretty much what an Air Force pilot would learn at, uh, in pilot training. Um, we use hand signals, and uh, it's, uh, it's very fun, very rewarding, very challenging mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, but how long does it take to kind of work your way through this kind of a qualification? You know, it's, it's a lot like a seaplane rating, and Jeb will tell you, it takes as long as the person flying wants it to. Uh-huh. It's, um, and it depends on your background. You know, if you have a stick and rudder background and and uh, you like to be close to airplanes, it's not going to take you as long. If you have, if the hair on the back of your neck stands up right. when you get close to an airplane, it's going to take a little longer. Right. This was, uh, uh, by the way, uh, uh, an annual event, uh, seaplane fly-in weekend kind of thing that uh, a friend of mine organizes each year in Cadillac, Michigan. And uh, this year, as it happened, uh, one of the regular participants uh, brought up uh, a young woman, a friend uh, of his family, Brought her up. Um, she has maybe 140 hours and a private ticket 
um, decided when she got up here or, or decided at some point that she wanted to do this, this didn't really sink into the training organization doing the training until basically the last day that the woman was there. And uh, she started that morning, this was Saturday, started that morning, rode three different uh, um, dual sessions uh, with the instructor, went for the check ride, and passed. Um, very uh, cool. Yeah, very, very cool. cool. She, was a, a, she was wrung out uh, by the end of the day, <laughs> uh, but she got through it. And uh, hats off to her. Uh, I know a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of more experienced pilots could not have done that. Mm-hmm. So, Jonathan, will you be flying in the uh, Warbird show throughout the week, or how's that work? Uh, tomorrow is the first Warbird show. Uh, there was one today with all the mass arrivals, the T6s and the T28s, but tomorrow will be our first Warbird show. Um, the liaisons, which is what the Navion is, uh, the first Warbird show are going to fly what we call a traffic pattern. I mean, it's basically we're in trail um, <clears throat> because it's slowly catching on in the liaison world, the, the formation uh, training, mm-hmm. uh, mo- much more prevalent in the T-28s and the T-6s. That's right. I think that's what you told me, that you mm-hmm. actually took the training through the T-6 group. Yeah, that's a NADA, North American Trainers Association. And they they kind of oversee the T-6s, T-28s, mm-hmm. P-51s, anything's North American, which my Navy on is, but we'll, it's an ev- ever-evolving system, and um, we'll see what happens. I, I hope I hope to later on in the week fly some formation during mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, it's great. Jonathan mentioned the mass arrivals today. We had some really colorful mass arrivals earlier in the week. <laughs> the usual, the Bonanzas, the Cessnas, the Moonies, the Comanches. We also had a mass arrival of T-28s to celebrate their 60th anniversary. Right. But the one that I'm sorry I missed, I was tied up, was the mass arrival of Pedenpole Air Campers. <laughs> How long, saw that. how long did that take? <laughs> Hours. <laughs> no, it's no we're 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 uh, uh, jerking some peat and pole uh, well, pilot we, chains. We, we've got a piece going in tomorrow's Air Adventure today that talks about a, a a couple of guys that flew their peat and pole air camper out from California, but went all the way to Dayton to participate in the Air Venture Cup race from Dayton to Oshkosh yesterday. <laughs> That's hardcore. Time out. The Pete and Poles <laughs> were in the Air Venture race. One. 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 The winning time on the course, the fastest time, did it in about an hour and 42 minutes, if memory serves me. Uh-huh. They did the course in about six hours and <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes, but they completed the course. They're a rough bunch. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I- I'm told that they arrived, they left at dawn and they arrived at 3. Uh, so it's uh, it was a long day in a small airplane, and uh, yeah. and uh, you know for a forty horsepower Model A Ford engine, uh, you know that's a lot more work than it did uh, than, than than it had to do taking the uh, Jodes across <laughs> the right. country to California. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about uh, things that are going on here. Again, it's only the first day, so uh, a lot. Oh, uh, we'll have still a lot more to talk about on on Sunday. 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 On Sunday. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention is there, there's an aircraft here that simultaneously appalls me and fascinates me, and that is the uh, U.S. Border Patrol's uh, Predator uh, uh-huh. UAV that's uh-huh. parked over here next to one of the hangars. And uh, I, I, first of all, seeing it in person, you know, we've seen pictures of it for years. I've never seen one in person It's a before. big airplane. It's a big airplane. I was really yeah. surprised by that. Um, there's a video on uh, on the airventure.org site of when it arrived here, and it's kind of spooky because 
I, I don't know what I expected, but in the video, it just arrived and landed like a regular airplane. And here's the really amazing: it taxied around the airport like a regular airplane. You know, that's because, just that's wrong. because there was a guy. Well, now, is it wrong? Is a uh, well, it's it's Stephen Force is on a tirade about this. All right, how's he, he going to get a ride on that? Yeah. He's just really horrified by the whole idea. Um, I'm. I'm of two minds on the subject. Uh, I, I understand uh, where Steve's coming from, and I, I don't disagree with him. The, f the flip side of that is, is remotely piloted vehicles are clearly the cutting edge of experimental aviation. And we happen to be at the, the uh, home of the Experimental Aircraft Association. So I, I can see a, a place, I can see a spot uh, for... RPVs um, at um, at Oshkosh, um, carrying that theme another, uh, to another step. I, there's always a place for uh, warplanes, for instruments of war, at um, at Oshkosh. One of the differences here is um, um, the warplanes that we all think about: P40s, P51s, P38s. Um, there's a romance involved because there's a human in that airplane and he is putting his or his life on the line his or her life on the line to um, defend his country his or her country there's there's a romance involved flying the predator very little on the line and the predator uh, and, and aircraft like it uh, aren't used in aerial combat they're used in air to ground combat that's why you want to be careful what you say about them because they can shoot you they, they can they will they will track you down yeah. um so um but i'm interested i'm steve steve's i think uh point is that it's not a piloted aircraft and as such um doesn't fit the mold and i get that um i i i it's it's a new phenomenon and i'm i don't have my arms around the whole thing yet. yeah yeah well the the the, the the big issue is that it, it's difficult to it's difficult for him to see and avoid. But but the real issue I think is that if Steve was on board, he couldn't be able, and and the pilot uh, became ill or incapacitated, he couldn't take over. The land. <laughs> That's what it is. There you go. That's the answer right there. Uh, we're going to take a break here, and we're coming up on our on our final little segment here. But uh, Jonathan, stick around. We'll be back in a minute. This is Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. The UCAP gang is back. We're heading for Oshkosh. Cool. The Uncontrolled Airspace Aviation Podcast gang returns to share the air with EAA Radio. Very nice. Very nice. Put an ad in the local paper. Jack Hodgson. It's all his fault. Dave Higdon. Hey, everybody. And Jeb Burnside. It is delightful. Are back for 90 minutes of hangar flying along with their friends in the Uncontrolled Airspace virtual hangar. My all-time favorite is standing on the deck and actually interacting with some of our listeners at Oshkosh. You know me. I'm so easy. I love going to Oshkosh. I don't know if it's true or not. Absolutely. Tune in Sunday morning at 9.30. It was quite an afternoon. No, that's Sunday morning. And I'm sorry, what day is that? Jack, it's Sunday morning at 9.30 on EAA Radio. I think it's becoming a serious no-brainer here. But the punchline is, let's do this puppy. <laughs> With leaves in his hair and lineys on his breath, it's Jack Hudson defending the New Hampshire countryside from the Green Mountain Boys. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace. I have you know my brother is one of those Green Mountain Boys these days. He goes way up in the middle of Vermont. And, together. I know, really, huh? Uh, 
Yeah, things are definitely picking up here at Whitman Field. There's a lot more aircraft coming and going. Uh, Jeb just saw one that he was kind of lusting for. What was that? That, that was, was a lake amphibian. Yeah. yeah. And, and you said... <laughs> I, I could fly that now. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's other activity. I think I'm hearing the occasional rumble of the uh, Doobie Brothers uh -huh. who are yeah. playing yeah. Uh, about, uh, what's that, about quarter mile from here over in Aeroshell Square. And as Dave mentioned, there's a lot of uh, pedestrians wandering around. The ground is very wet, but it's no longer raining. Uh, and what it, you saw something else a moment ago, D Dave. What was that you were pointing out to us? Well, the uh, there's a historical foundation that rescued an old twin beach that had been a flying laboratory and demonstration platform for Grimes lighting products. And they've restored it back to flying condition. It's here. It's going to be doing something after dark because it's got something like 118 different lights on it and sequencers, 100 jewel strobe lights, that's five times the power of most of what's on our, most of our airplanes. It takes a special battery to back up the 200 amp generators that power all those lights. And uh, they were, looks like they were running the, uh, the lights to test to make sure everything's ready to go for the show flight tonight. Hopefully the show flight will have enough ceiling to make it really fun. Yeah, yeah. I want to just return to Predator for just one moment longer. Uh, we, we ran out of time in that previous segment. Um, I, I, I particularly wanted to ask Jonathan because Jonathan, and I, I don't want to, don't want, I want to ask you to kind of reveal, reveal too much about yourself, but you do in fact fly <laughs> in the system on a regular basis. That's your day job, I and, did, yeah. uh, and uh, I was wondering if uh, in in all the flying that you do in the system, have you ever encountered a, a UIV on the radio, or actually seen one, or had to deal with with uh, any aspect of that? Yeah, they're quiet. <laughs> All over the place. If you fly um, in the southwest, uh, you know, if you're headed, say, from Dallas to L.A. and you pass over that mass expanse, you'll see. They'll right. call them out to you. You'll see them at night. Um, they're along the border as well, and they're flying around like just any other airplane. And Do they call them out just like regular traffic, or is there some sort of restricted airspace? Traffic, military jet traffic at your whatever club. Uh -huh. yeah. And um, if you query them, they'll they'll try to let on. To what it is, you know, because they say such as, well, we need you to turn right because he can't turn right. He can't see you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one one visit, the predator visiting here came over on it uh, from the uh, Customs and Border Patrol. It it flies the northern border, mm -hmm. uh, and they required the FAA required a special certificate of authorization for it to come over here. The dates it's been here for days. And one of the reasons it's been here for days and will be here well after the show ends is because the FAA wouldn't issue a COA with anywhere near the traffic density here that we get starting about three days before mm -hmm. AirVenture opens. Uh, that problem scotched its appearance in 2008 because the dates that they wanted to bring it in were getting a little bit too close to the mass arrival periods. And, of course... It's really difficult for a pilot who's not there to exercise, see, and avoid with right. the Mark II eyeball system. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. yeah, And the guy flying it from wherever he is, uh, satellite remote link or ground station like the guy that landed it here, uh, he can't exactly get the cockpit window view and look around it the same way that we're used to looking around. Oh, they had that little camera down underneath the chin, if you will, of, uh, of the aircraft, and you could see it a little swiveling around as it was taxiing. This is on the video. Um, and Jeb's shaking his head here. Yeah, do you have an account encounter with one of these Yeah, I, years ago, I, like Jonathan, this was in the southwest United States. Actually, I was uh, um, transiting um, 
um, eastbound out of California and flying just south of uh, Edwards Air Force Base on that airway. And I don't, I don't know what altitude I was at, but uh, controller um, said, all right, dude, you know, listen up. Says, um, I got traffic uh, at your 12 o'clock opposite direction, you know, 500 feet below you. And I'm like, okay. Uh, he says, it is a flight of two aircraft. Um, one of them, the, the, one, the one in front is a remotely piloted vehicle. It is being flown by the second aircraft. Yeah, um, and it, I, they saw him go by. Went by about 500 feet below me, and, and uh, less than a quarter mile. Um, it was a 206, uh, and with a little RPV in front of it. And uh, it was it was, uh, was kind of interesting. Well, when the Predator came over here, the FAA required it to have an escort aircraft. Uh, the escort aircraft had to stay plus or minus 100 feet of altitude and within one mile uh, on the flight over. Because the areas where they operate regularly are special use airspace right. when they're there. Right. So some of these, you know, special circumstances and special conditions aren't in effect there. Mm -hmm. But for the trip down here from its uh, base in a non-disclosed location, uh, every time I think about you saying that, I got a picture of Dick Cheney running for cover. But uh, <laughs> that's another story. Anyway, the, uh, the, the aircraft's quite a piece of work. Uh, I'm sure it is. And it's much larger. I mean, it's hard to, to really gauge how large it is in photographs without something in there to give it scale. Here, when you walk up to it, you've got your scale. I will check that out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are reaching the end of our allotted time. Uh, what uh, else should we talk about before we wrap this thing up? Anybody buy anything yet? Um, I bought a couple of batteries. Batteries like for your flashlight? Uh, batteries, uh, battery from my Garmin 396, uh -huh. and a battery for my King KX99 uh, portable transceiver. Are these special batteries in some way? They're special that they're you know, manufactured specifically for that model. Um, and these are, you know, the the higher tech nickel metal hydride uh, uh, chemistry. Um, the one for the KX99 is replacing an old NICAD that just won't take a charge anymore. Um, but no, they're not really special. It's just, you know, I could get them here easily and, and, uh, something I needed. So I went ahead and did it. Yeah. Jonathan, you buy anything yet? I bought some fuel. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank you for it. <laughs> David, you've got a new role here this year. You probably haven't bought anything yet, right? Yeah. No, but I looked at something today that I'm uh, planning on buying as soon as I can get my little hands on and one. And that would be? That would be the new Aviator Ace from... Honeywell, under the Minix King line. Yeah. It's what do you like about it, David? Uh, pretty much everything that I saw on it so far. I spent about thirty minutes with them today to get a quick demo, so I could crank out a piece and fill some space in the newspaper. <laughs> uh, I've been using the little Aviator multifunction display, the portable multifunction display. I found it really easy, intuitive to use, very functional. Uh, this is a much larger unit. It's got a seven-inch color screen. And it is a complete electronic flight bag solution for mm -hmm. two grand. In route, high and low altitude, IFR chart, uh, IFR charts, uh, approach plate, SID, stars, uh, the whole country. The IFR charts are all stitched together, so you don't have to page through anything. You can put your finger on it and drag it. It's a touch screen control, really intuitive menus. It'll take how data big, length. How big is the screen? It's like seven inches diagonally. It's about three. Uh, it looks like it's about three by six. Can you tell he wrote a story about this earlier today? He's got all the details right at his fingertips. Go ahead. Uh, 
It'll take uh, data link weather input. It'll take traffic uh, avoidance input. Uh, it uh, will also host uh, the flight guides or the flight guide airport information service, so you can update it daily and get all the fuel information for the whole country. Uh, you can pop up information on airports and obstacles and points of interest with a touch of a finger. Uh, it has the uh, horizontal flight profile uh, system so that you're looking at your flight path horizontally and can see where your altitude relates to special use airspace or things that could go bump in the air. Yeah, sounds cool. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm convinced enough of it right now that... I want to put a couple of months on it flying around Kansas and some other places and uh, see how it works. But I'm anticipating that this one's going to cost me money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. we can get a package deal. That does sound fun. Yeah. yeah. I need to check that out. Well, it, it, you know, we've talked before about right. electronic flight bag solutions right. and how some of them come so close and they've got so much, but right. they don't quite do it. This also geo-references your airplane on the charts and plates. Yeah, that's uh, what that's the closer for me. You don't you I don't, don't like that job? No, I don't have two grand. <laughs> uh, quickly, what anything? What's what's the number one thing you don't want to miss before the week's out? I want to see the E Spider fly. That's I, I Tom see, Beginney's. I want to see the electric aircraft. Yeah. That's Tom yeah, Beginney's uh, flight design oh, spider, yep. single engine ultralight. As we saw the video of that, yeah. and with an electric motor and a high tech battery. Uh, that Tom put it on a little bit of a weight loss program. Uh, it's running about the equivalent of 28 horsepower, which is uh, 20, 20 kilowatts, I think, in, air, in, in electric engine terms. Uh, anyway, or 20 watts, I don't know, 20 kilowatts. But it will uh, haul the little airplane around at about 60 miles an hour, and they think they're going to be able to get uh, pretty good longevity out of the battery. So it'll be something that you can do more than pattern work with. Uh, so I'm anxious to see that fly. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I definitely want to get some, uh, you know, uh, get up close and personal with is some of these electric aircraft. Uh, that's just very intriguing to me. I, I think I've, we've talked about that before. But, yeah. Uh, uh, definitely one of the things I'm going to do. Particularly for right now in recreational aircraft. I right. think there's some real potential there for yeah. small recreational ultralight and LSA-type stuff yeah. on the available battery yeah. and, yeah. I mean, and that, motor that technology. That a lot of problems right off the top of the bat. Yeah, um, it's the elastic extension cord development that's yeah, holding this up. You know, and, and, and yeah, yeah, and the light bill and everything else. But uh, no, I mean, in all seriousness, that does resolve a lot of issues with with ultralight airplanes or small airplanes generally um, by having a what, what I would assume would be a pretty bulletproof electric motor on the thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, electric motors are just so, so much more efficient at turning energy into thrust uh, because you're not blasting all that wasted BTU value out of the exhaust pipe and out of the cooling system. Although, the, although that one we saw in the video, the ultralight, one of the things I found interesting is, as I understand it, electric motors can well, run very slowly. They can, they can and they have a lot of torque when and, they do and it. And in that video, I, ex I was, you know, he was sitting there getting ready to start up, you know, and I expected to see the propellers turn slowly and then faster and faster, but it actually kind of spun up fast as if it was an engine starting. Yeah, I, that's, I thought, the, that's the torque. It, um, um, they're they're almost instantly at, at normal operating RPM. Oh, okay. Now that's that's governable, of course. Uh, and the more the faster you turn the prop, the more juice you're running. So yeah. uh, you might not be doing touch and goes all day with it. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, how about you? Anything you're looking forward to before the week is out? Uh, uh, 
Yeah, the beer ball down there. It's almost beer 30. I knew this guy would fit into no, the virtual it's, hangar. It, it's it is getting yeah. dangerously close. And because of where we are and where we're working, we were not able to prepare properly with the beverages of our choice. So that's next. There's yeah. two neat things. Uh, one thing intrigued me was that new Sonics jet that does 250 knots plus. The Subsonics. Now, is this real? I, I, uh, yeah, I think so. If it flies, it's real. They have a real mock-up. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's V&E of 300 knots, under 50,000. We'll have to look it into that. It might be your first airplane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll have to look into that and uh, and maybe talk about it on Sunday. Well, one thing I saw, it's it's really kind of i thought it was kind of neat it's a it's a it's called a towbot it is a uh, remote control radio controlled um uh aircraft towing apparatus okay battery powered it's it's uh, about three foot square shaped like a horseshoe uh, with boxy kind of a design but it's got batteries an electric motor uh transmission um uh servos and everything to to direct a to control the direction, and it's got a big honking uh, mount in it for a nose wheel of an airplane. And this guy's running; he's he's he's, he's doing you know like the robot thing out on the aisle of the of the display area, you know, running the thing up and down. I got some video of it. I thought it was kind of cool. And it's, when it's, it's not towing airplanes, you turn it into a hangar vacuum cleaner, and it does the robot thing and bumps into the corners. You ride it around the airport to see. Your, your, see I was mean, I was mean to ask you about this because when we were down at your house, you were like fixing to like turn a lawn tractor into a, a tow a tractor, right? A, right. You know, I, a tug for your kind of sort of have. Uh, there's some bugs that need to be worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the UAV guy get in. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he if he can mow my lawn by remote control, oh, we have go. to talk. That's right. That's right. Hey, it's definitely time to stick a fork in this one. We want to. Uh, I got a bunch of people I want to thank real quickly here. Thanks to uh, Farid Gio and to the entire gang here at EAA Radio. Uh, thank you. Uh, for uh, having them invite us into their place again. Uh, hopefully we haven't trashed the place they yet. They just don't learn. That's right. We want to give out some thanks to all of our friends at EAA for their support of this podcast over the years. Uh, thanks to Jonathan Hardwick, uh, a.k.a. Navion pilot, for uh, joining us here. It's it's really interesting. We want to and, thank uh, all the gang we saw at the meetup last night at the Charcoal Pit. It uh, made us feel like uh, you know we, we, we know what we're doing. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and meetups to come. For and that meetups part. to come, as a matter of fact. Those of you who are listening live uh, right now uh, and are here in town, uh, we've got, uh, I believe, two more UCAP meetups happening later this week. One uh, on Wednesday evening. I believe it's six. Look at the website, uh, www.uncontrolledairspace.com. But Wednesday night, I think we're doing Friar Tucks on Wednesday night at 6-ish. And, uh, and then Thursday night at 6 uh, at the EAA 9, I'm sorry, 974, 974 campsite in Camp Scholar. Uh, the website has information about that. And then we're all encouraged to go to the mytransponder.com uh, uh, party Thursday evening at 8 uh, up in uh, deep into Camp Scholar. But they've got a very, very, talk about lush, they've got a, a motorhome up there that's uh, oh, okay. that's pretty cool so uh um i'm glad you clarified that when you said lush i thought it was a drinking comment <laughs> thanks to amy laboda for joining us she had to run off and, and do one of the many things she's involved with here at air venture that's dave higdon that's jeff burnside i'm jack hodgson david what were you going to say this is the place that will extend your life because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan go fly that's right that's enough talking let's go flying ttfn folks <laughs>